Welcome to Mitts Off, episode 15. We have a very special episode for you today. We are live on location at the Sports Interaction Studios in downtown Toronto. I am thrilled to be joined by my old summer training partner, Columbus Blue Jackets defenseman, a very timely guest. Erica Branson is going to be joining us. We'll uh, see what he's been up to the last week or so here and talk about a couple other things throughout his illustrious NHL career. Mitsoff is powered by Sports Interaction, our exclusive betting partner, and your homegrown sports book. Download the app to get started. 19 plus, and as always, please play responsibly. Before we get going here, I'd love to weigh in on some of the current events that have been happening in the NHL in regards to checking from behind and seeing some very vicious and dangerous hits close to the boards. You know, I played 11 years of professional hockey and uh, I took a lot of pride over that time in never having a suspension to my name. Um, I, I always tried to be very aware and cognizant of what I was doing when I was being physical within my role. Uh, listen, there's a time and a place for big hits and there was nobody that loved being F1 for first four checker on the four check more than me. A uh, little soft chip in, you know what defenseman you're going after. I was trying to make contact and make a hit, but... There's a time and a place, and most of the time it's stick on puck because at the end of the day, your job as a forward or a forechecker is to win the puck, win the puck battle, get possession. Your job isn't necessarily to blow the guy up behind the net. And we've kind of seen this evolve. I, I think I've seen some younger players earlier in the year. Luke Hughes is a name that comes to mind. I've seen him been hit pretty hard a couple times now, and I was kind of on those guys to be engaging, and know who's coming and be aware of who's on the ice and, you know, maybe make some contact first, but at least a shoulder check, looking through the glass and not just be totally, totally oblivious to a four checker coming in on you. Going back for the puck as a defenseman is probably maybe the hardest thing to do in hockey, especially in today's game. Everybody's so big, so strong and so fast. You really have to be aware, but when it becomes a problem, is when it's veteran guys. And that's when I really started noticing it was guys like Jonas Brodin, Chris Tanev, Eric Goodbranson getting hit. These are veteran guys that know how to get back pucks and know how to go back for pucks and have been doing it for, heck, almost a decade, some of these guys. And what we're seeing is players not adjusting to the D turning, right? We're seeing players finish through the numbers as opposed to maybe thinking he's going to keep steering and follow it that way. But we're seeing players deliberately finish through the numbers. And to be honest, it makes me sick to my stomach. Um, there is no place in the game for any sort of boarding three or four feet from the boards when you're, you are seeing numbers. And a hit on Eric Branson, for example, is I think one of the most disrespectful things I've seen in hockey. And talk about policing the game. I did it as an enforcer for many, many years. You can't really police that anymore. So guys can kind of run wild and do whatever they want. I don't think this is an epidemic yet. I don't think it's a major problem, but it is a trend. And it's a trend that's going in the absolute wrong direction. I think players have to be a little more aware on both sides of the puck, on the offensive and the defensive side. But I think guys have to be a little more respectful too, because with all we know about head injuries and all we're trying to do with player safety, guys have no right hitting players like that in vulnerable spots. So it's kind of what I think about it. I took a lot of pride, like I said, over 11 years of never having a suspension and trying to play the game the right way, play tough, play hard, play physical. 
but really, really flirt that line. And here we are, episode 15, Mitsoff, joined by my good buddy, current Columbus Blue Jackets defenseman, Erica Branson. What's up, buddy? How are you? It's been way too long. So how was your week? (laughs) (laughs) What have you been up to? What have you been up to? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, seriously, how are you feeling? Honestly, man, uh, you're a little roughed up, a little banged up, um, body a little little hurting but you feel good yeah i feel good i feel good i mean play hockey man the last the best you feel playing hockey is like right before you step on the ice for training camp day one (laughs) training it's all all downhill from there and you're just managing it i feel that too man yeah the oilers just had a five-day break and i got into this conversation with someone because they said they were so hot and they said this is the worst thing that can happen to them i go buddy you're going to give nhl players a five-day break in the middle of the season that's the best thing that can happen to oh yeah everyone's like hurting with something battling something 100 percent um Let's uh, just, let's just jump into it, man. Honestly, when I saw you get hit the other day, I was sick to my freaking stomach. I just there was three or four over the last couple of weeks, right? Yeah. And I think we're seeing. I don't think it's a problem yet. I'd say, but it's definitely trend. Mm-hmm. Um, that one was predatory. Can you kind of walk it, walk me through it from you going back, getting the puck? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the puck was kind of like somehow got chipped and was stuck right behind the net. Um, and I and I really just went back, checked my shoulder, kind of like leaned in on my outside edge, knowing I'm going to take some contact. Um, and, you know, saw the guy there and eventually ended up face planting on the wall. And it just happened so fast. Like it was one of those ones that you, you know, I, I had no time to react to it. It was just like, boom, got hit, figured out I was okay. And then, you know, obviously what happened afterwards happened. So it's probably the hardest, if not one of the hardest skills in hockey is going back to get pucks as a D-man, right? Yeah, yeah Especially everybody's so big, so strong, so fast these days. Uh, you have a couple checks, right? Are you, you'll shoulder check, maybe glass look, mm-hmm. but you're not fully like expecting to take that hit there i'd say no no that one that one no um you know gone back for a million pucks now and and you know you're probably taking contact and actually nowadays it's it's a little bit different like back when you know i was younger 10 years ago like that f1 was coming in and it was body every single time and and generally bigger boys um now it's it's about creating creating that turnover and you know taking the hit plus getting the puck or some guys come in depending on whose team you're what team you're playing you know some guys are trying to you know fake the hit and pick a pass that you're trying to make so it's a little bit lighter that way but um yeah i i just didn't expect that hit you expect to take contact but that came in really hard and kind of taught like toppled me over hit the inside of my shoulder just just in the worst spot and um ended up going hard in the wall um yeah i mean I, I played 11 years man um no suspensions and i used to love being f1 right yeah <laughs> a little soft chip in you know the d's back there i'm gonna put them through the glass but it really changed throughout my career to the point where i mean the the, the goal is to get the puck right mm-hmm. the goal is to actually win a puck battle and you don't have to drive them through every time it's stick on puck force a turnover I look at guys like Zach Hyman, who's outstanding at it, little mm-hmm. stick lift getting in there. Um, 
but I see a lot of younger players these days. Luke Hughes is one that comes to mind for me mm -hmm. where maybe they're not expecting it as much, but then I've seen some veteran guys get hit these days too. Is this, I mean, do you see this as being more of a trend or a problem happening more, more and more with guys? Or is it a combination of, you know, guys have to be more engaging with four checkers coming in, be more aware on the ice? Yeah, like generally like, based on my ex experiences year 13 for me now i i know to find the guy and kind of try and ride him into the wall it, you know that was a skill that i got when i was a lot younger otherwise you were getting popped and and that was going to hurt and in terms of longevity that's just not how you do it right yeah um so it, maybe a little bit i don't, I don't know is it, the correlation between hockey canada stopping hitting until bantam like are those kids now playing it's gone in the NHL. Oh, uh, they're close. Or, you or don't like start junior till area. 14 now. It's getting close. Yeah, it'd be yeah. like the 18s. Yeah, it'd be some of the younger yeah, guys. Yeah, so I don't know if that's a direct correlation, but I mean, there, there's definitely less contact in the NHL nowadays than, you know, 10, 15 years ago, definitely 20 years ago. Um, so, so maybe there's a little bit of a correlation like that. I, you know, you kind of play that cat and mouse game a little bit. Like even you look at my hit, like I really don't expect him to hit me there. So I'm sort of in a bad spot. You know what I mean? And I put myself there. He didn't guide me there. Like I'm, I, I am in a bad spot trying to make a play on the puck and I get hit. So, you know, maybe there's a, I don't want to say lack of awareness, but that's just how the game's played nowadays. Had you, you know been I mean? jarring with him? like during the game leading up to that not really I, I don't really like talking too much on the ice to be honest with you i've never really been one to chirp that much but um you know i i had caught him hard a couple times earlier in the game and and you know it's just the game of hockey sometimes i mean he knows what he's doing there i think that's the point for me is that there's a second where he has a calculated decision that he can make and doesn't let up sees the numbers and follows through with it when you go down, you said earlier, like, I knew, I realized I was okay. And then do you just see red? Do you just like... Yeah, like, I don't know, whatever's in between my ears kind of turns <laughs> off yeah. for a minute. And yeah, I don't, there's no real thought process at yeah. that point. It's just like, you're just so mad. So you obviously watched the hit back. What did you think about it? Yeah, it was, it was a bad hit, for sure. Brutal. And, and I, I don't... I kind of walk in a fine line like i don't want to sound melodramatic by any stretch of the imagination but like that's as i i think personally over the years like 31 now i've been playing hockey for a long time like that's the most dangerous head in hockey like that like that about you know maybe a couple hundredths of a second before that i'm three feet back and i bend my neck forwards and then i'm in real deep shit um i happen to be close enough to the wall where it really wasn't that bad um but but I th I think that's I think that's a very dangerous hit that should never be in hockey and and yeah yeah uh, well you mentioned something about your kids being in the stands watching it right like you got yeah. kids watching these plays and your own too and it's like we're yeah. seeing your dad down on the ground or whatever yeah it's scary to think about man yeah it was it, it was and it was you know it's a one o'clock game kids are fired up to come yeah. to the game and stuff like that so yeah it, it you know uh, hockey hockey's not a safe workplace either. It really isn't, um, and it's so much fun, and you end up putting that in the back of your mind so often. Like just the other day, I, I'm pretty sure Boone Jenner didn't expect his his night to end and his job being yeah. wired shut. Like it, it just happens, you know what I mean? Stuff like that happens, and it is what it is. But 
um, it, it's a beautiful game. It, it, it can bite you sometimes, but it hands down, it's the most fun game on the face of the earth. It brought me back to 2016, 2015. Dang, I don't even know the year. I was playing for Edmonton. We're playing the Florida Panthers. And Matt Hendricks had a very similar hit where he drove oh, Aaron yeah, Ekblad in Edmonton. Oh, yeah. That was further away from the boards, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. And, dude, I was on Hendo's line, and I just remember going, oh, this is not good. No. First for Ekblad, second for Hendo. I was like, he's getting the book thrown at him. He didn't fight that game. He didn't have to fight that game because he got shot. Oh, yeah, he's at Logan Shaw, I think, junk, jumped him. Yeah, just like a like very that. quick yeah. one. But he gets tossed. Three games sussy, and then we go to Florida. His first game back is against you guys. Mm -hmm. So a couple questions about it. Obviously, brutal hit too. Yeah. Right? Like that was dangerous. I love Hendo. He plays that line very fine, but uh, you're the one that ends up scrapping him. Yeah. So there's a couple things about this. Obviously, there's less policing of the game, I think we see these days. Mm -hmm. um, I remember going into it, Hendo was like, I don't know who I'm going to get, right? Thornton was on your team. Mm -hmm. I've never asked you this or like like found that out. How did you guys determine that? Were you and Thority like, who's getting them? Was Thority like, you got this or? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> may, or may, may or may not have been a conversation about that. Um, I remember Hendel's like, who am I going to go here? Yeah, who do I have to go yeah, here? <laughs> I know. And, and and respect to him, like knowing that yeah. it's coming. And, 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 you know, he manned up. He did his job. It, it's... You know, that's, I think that's one of the parts about hockey that's so, that's so great is, is like being in that position and having to man up to something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get called out and, and, and stepping up to the plate. Like, I think that's part of the beautiful part of our game. I really do. Um, so, and, and he did his job. I actually, he like dropped halfway through that and I threw my back out. I threw one right <laughs> over his I threw one right over his head. Gone. You I were know. all the way back. I, I didn't actually finish the game. I went and sat in the box, came back and I went I went straight to the back. I'm like, my back is torched. So um every muscle, every oblique. Well Darren was yeah. asking Darren goes this morning, my producer he, he said, so why didn't you know Eric have to fight you after? I said, because it's done after that. Yeah. Right? Oh, he yeah. steps up, he does his job. He yep. you know what? You beat the wheels off him quite honestly, but he mans up and like, that's the end of the situation that's it. to me, right? That's it. Problem yep. solved. I'm sure Ekblad's pretty thankful for you to step in there and do your job. And I don't know, you just see so much less of that in the game today. Yeah, right? I know it, it's, it's just different, man. The, the, the individuals that are coming in, they're great kids and they're so talented. It's, it's just different. They came up with something, um, I don't want to say completely foreign, but but the NHL that they grew up watching versus what we were growing up watching was yeah. like like I'll never forget the Battle of Ontario, kind of my age. It was oh, like buddy. who knows what's happening tonight, but I'm watching it. Like Darcy Tucker running <laughs> yeah, around, Chris like, Neal. Like something's gonna happen tonight. I don't know when, I don't know what, but like I know for a fact I'm gonna enjoy this hockey game. Like yeah. you watched it, and I was a Habs fan. So Habs. like yeah, I was a Habs fan growing up, so I knew something. You know, you grew up in Ottawa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I grew up here in the city. So both of those, I tell people too, like both of those teams, you're supposed to be like anti-Habs. I hated the sense. For me, it was the sense. Yeah, no and problem. I was like marking on the calendar, all, all those Battle yep. of Ontarios. Um, but going back to that, I was going to ask you like, let's say a guy, Jared Bull. Like, I'm going to say, you know, if Jared Bull's in your lineup, does Nick Cousins make that hit on you? To be honest, I still think he does. Like, I just think players have way less... I don't know. They they take 
whatever shots they want now because the instigator protects them. They don't necessarily have to stick up for themselves. Do you think that if there's maybe two or three heavier guys on the team that that play happens? Uh, potentially. I, I mean, there was, there was bad stuff that happened a while ago too. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and uh, it, probably not, to be yeah. honest with you. I, I, think, I think sometimes that's just the way the game of hockey is. That's why you have NHL player safety. That's why you have refs. That's why you have, yep. you know, guys who are in our position. And and um, yeah, that that's just the game of hockey. Sometimes it's it's the way she goes. Uh, let's take her back to the beginning, buddy. I always love asking guys about their drafts. We were just thinking you uh, unfortunately aren't the highest draft pick we've had so far. Number three, uh, close second. Sam <laughs> uh, Sam Reinhardt second overall. Uh, tell me about your draft because this was like the big Tyler versus Taylor, but you were the first D taken at three. Yeah. Did you know what was happening? Did you know it was going to be Florida? Like, was this a pretty much foregone guarantee, or were you like, I might go from here to here? I. Uh, so, long story short, um, this kind of started at the combine with me. My first my first combine meeting was with Florida. Were you an animal back then, like you are now? Uh, I was a lot skinnier. <laughs> Like my first, my first junior game, like when I played you, I was like, first of all, who's this mutant across the ice from me? Was this uh, K Rock Center or Kingston Memorial? No, you, no, this is K Rock Center. So okay. maybe you'd softened up a little yeah. bit by then. I but, know, so yeah. <laughs> um, so I started my first interview with them, went like really well. I was like, and I think I had sixteen of them. So. I was like, 16 different individual interviews? Yeah, with 16 Holy. teams. Some guys had like 25. Some guys had 30. Like, I had 16. I was like, okay, this it's a good amount. And my first one went so well with Florida that I went back. I was like, this, this is going to be easy. Like, I was so nervous for it. Like, this is going to be an easy process. And sure enough, I got grilled for the rest of the afternoon by most <laughs> teams. But um, I felt really good about that one. So fast forward, I think, you know, a couple months to the draft, I have a meeting with Florida uh, what was it? I guess it was the afternoon before the draft, the Friday draft. And we sat in that office for like an hour, like really just shooting the shit. Like it, it was just talking hockey, talking. Yeah. Life. Yeah. And, and it was like, it was a board. There was, there, you know, their whole scouting staff is there. There's probably 20 people in the room and it's me and Dale Talon talking across the hallway from each other and felt really good about it. So I, I kind of had an idea and then Right before, while I'm in my suit standing in the lobby about to go to the draft, my agent, Mark, guy at the time came up to me. He's like, hey, so I know where you're going. Do you want to know now or do you want to, like, wait? And I it, it clicked with me. I was like, I know where I'm going, but, like, don't tell me kind of idea. So that that's how my night went. A uh, couple of years in Florida, what, f uh, five? Five total? years, yeah. Uh, and then you end up getting traded for another Mitzoff guy. We had uh, Jared McCann mm -hmm. one for one, I believe. Mm-hmm. There's a couple picks in that, I think, too. Yeah, so how does that work? There's a couple of things I want to go through here because that was your first trade. Was that unexpected? Yeah, actually, I was in Africa. I didn't find out till two days oh, after. I forgot you went yeah. to Africa. Yeah, was, you told me about that. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah. yeah. So you're in Africa when you got traded? Yeah, I was in Chobe National Park on a houseboat, like no service. And they're like, hey. Yeah, so we did like a transfer from, I, I couldn't even, I couldn't even tell you on a map, like, I could show you where Toby National Park was, but like where I actually was, I have no idea. I just know that we were going, getting in a car and ended up in Zimbabwe and going to see Victoria Falls. So I get to the hotel and I'm with my buddy and my phone just starts blowing up. 
And he looked at me first. He's like, dude, you got traded. And I'm like, no, I didn't get shot out. Get out of here. <laughs> and sure enough, I look at my phone and it's like, Jim Benning, where are you? Trevor Linden. Holy. Hey. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I called my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife. And I'm like, hey, babe, sorry, but I, I got to tell you something. Just don't worry about it. I found out like 36 <laughs> hours ago. Like, where the hell have you been? So, yeah, that's that's my first trade. Oh, that's good stuff, man. Did yeah. you? Uh, oh man, that's unreal. Full Africa trip. Then you're yeah. gone. Did you? Did you feel like? I don't know. Slighted by that? Did you feel like they? I don't know. Gave up on you, or it's just part of the? Now you understand, I guess, all these years later that it's yeah. it's a business, right? Like they're making decisions, personnel based on the best of the team, but did you feel like maybe they gave up on you at that point? The only reason I asked that is because Jared McCann was in the, the chair beside me and he said that exact thing that he thought Vancouver gave up on him. Yeah, there was, there was definitely that. I mean, you're I'm way younger at the time. Like I'm 24, like, you know, a lot dumber than I am now to a certain <laughs> extent. Um, but yeah, at the, at the time I was pretty pissed. Like they had, they had, at the time, I think they had removed Dale Talon from his position, and it was a different GM who had traded me. That's and never good. Eh? Yeah, it was like it, it. It was a weird process how that all went down. So yeah, I was a little bit slighted, but or felt that way. But you know, then you get on the phone call with you know Jim Benning and and Trevor Linden, and you chat with them, and they're like, "Hey, man, we came to get you." It's like, okay, perfect, I'll be there. Like, I'm super excited about this. That's cool because you look at the glass half full, right? Like somebody yeah. maybe didn't want you, but then someone is really, really excited. Yeah, to and get that happens. Here. Like oftentimes, that happens. Your first trade. If we keep going down my list, maybe that's <laughs> that changes a little bit. Well, but. talk to me about like an NHL trade. I think that'd be something cool for like the viewer or the listener. Like, it's happened a couple times now for you. Is it a call from the GM? Do you talk to the coach, agent? Like, it might be different situationally, but can you walk me through the business of an NHL yeah, trade? Yeah, it, it it depends. Um, it really does. And I think I've been, you know, to a certain extent, we're all numbers. You know, you're moving a lot of money oftentimes, uh, creating cap space, closing cap space, whatever it may be. Um, so I think I've been on both ends of that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the trade deadline for like a number of years. Like I'd have sweaty palms all week <laughs> long for sure. Like once it happens, once it, it definitely uproots you. Mm. Um, and the teams do a great job to like bring you in and, and get you set up and whatnot. It's, it's, you know, pretty easy process, but it, it is kind of wild. Like getting that phone call, like you see your agent pop up on your phone or you see the GM who, you know, isn't on your caller ID every day, you know, calling you're like, Oh. Something's going down here, we here go. like where my head headed. <laughs> like, it is what it is. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's a pretty wild process. Uh, how is that though? And like, I know you got a couple kids now, you're married, having to go from place to place. I just think the, the fan doesn't really understand some of the time that these guys are have very complex lives. And there's a yeah. lot that goes into it more than just seeing a guy trade teams, trade jerseys, as he has. He's packing up and uprooting his entire life. Yeah, pretty the, much. the one, the one, the trickiest one that I had was getting traded from Ottawa to uh, Nashville because that was at the height of COVID. That was like nobody in the buildings. Like yeah. you're waiting outside to go get, you know, go get a coffee at Tim Hortons. That you know, lineups outside, all that stuff. And my son was six days old when, and my wife had been through. 36 hours in labor, like emergency C-section. So six days later, I get traded to the U.S. This is like borders fully shut down, closed. 
they actually sent me a private jet. They, they traded the me. The Preds did? Yeah, they they traded me for a ham sandwich, pretty much. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, like, they sent me a PJ to get me across the border so I didn't have to wait for that long and do a two-week quarantine. Class. Yeah, yeah, Classy. it was awesome. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> just <laughs> so, you on the jet? Yeah, just me and the pilot. It do was, some Sudokus yeah. or what? Yeah, pretty much. I kind of just, like, looked out the windows. And oh, that's kind sick. Of neat. Yeah, it, it was really cool, but... But at that time, like we didn't even have a, we didn't have a passport for my son. We didn't like we his birth certificate wasn't even in yet. So um, that was a tough one because obviously it's my first kid. He's six days old. I get I ended up leaving when he was ten days old, and I didn't see him again until he was like five and a half weeks. So that was that was difficult going down there and and you know being away from the family. And I knew my wife had been through a lot through that pregnancy too. So um, that was that was certainly an easy one. The other ones like. Without kids, it's kind of just like you're just relocating to a different rink. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's part of it because you do it at the start of every season, right? Like you pack up your stuff from your summer house and you move to your your, your playing city and you're kind of used to that process to a certain mm -hmm. extent. Um, and it's it's way harder, way harder on the significant others than it is for the player. Like I, I pack a duffel bag, I go, they give me my new gear. A couple suits. My, yeah, a couple suits. I'm at practice the next day. Like... It's not that bad. Like she's yeah. got to take care of the rest of it. Yeah. So, um, I, I, especially with me moving around as much as I have, like my wife has the large majority of props should be given to her for that. Uh, and I know it was COVID year, but was that cool for you getting to go back home to Ottawa? Yeah, it was. It was. It, I mean, it's the craziest thing is I'm from Ottawa. And nobody I grew up with ever saw me play there. <laughs> Like you're always good. out yeah. different cities yeah yeah I, I mean like we were completely locked down in ottawa that was the year we started i think it was january 15th or whatever so like i i was like and this is when we really didn't know what COVID was what was going on so like i'm talking to my folks like 15 feet away on my doorstep out front of the house you know what i mean like Yelling. yeah yeah so like we, it, it for everybody that was a strange year how did you feel playing in front of uh, no fans empty buildings hated it so it must have it been was the, the worst, worst thing it was the worst like never want to go back to that could you feel less like energy and emotion 100%. in the building like 100%. I, I just like i remember watching a couple games and you could hear guys chirping each other and like yeah. this wasn't as much animosity i thought but yeah um, no and everything was condensed and you were constantly going and like staying you know a week in a hotel room not yeah. supposed to hang out with your buddies and stuff it was a strange year and like the other side of this is like if we didn't have the fans like the nhl is not really the nhl like we figured that out the fans are the best in this league like it's so much fun going into some of these buildings and and like being the foe that comes in to ruin their night kind of idea. And then on the flip side, you know, when you win a game at home, you know, getting your home fans fired up, like j just fans in general, they're they're the best in our league. I really mean that. Well, you play in front of some good ones. Um, outside of Columbus, we've already talked about Florida. Name the other five. All right. Well, we got Vancouver, yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah. We're going to go after that. Anaheim. What? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then we just talked about Ottawa. Ottawa, Nashville, Calgary, then Columbus. There you go, man. You've played for some good ones. They're awesome in Pitt. Yeah. I don't want to say anything yep. like, like Van, Florida, awesome. Pitt is incredible. Yep. You got any Sid stories for me? I always ask about Sid. Sid. I always ask about Sid, Sid man. Um, I don't want to put you on the spot or maybe just no. even your experience with him, man. Yeah, no, no, no. You know what? He, he was fantastic. Like, and I knew nothing about him beforehand, like just playing against him, never spoke with him, nothing. He was... An absolute class act. Like my, I think I my first game, 
I played with them was in Columbus and we flew back. And like on the 20 minute flight back to Pittsburgh from Columbus, he like went back and grabbed me a beer and then went and grabbed me another one. He's like, you're not driving, right? I'm like, no. He's like, I just want to get to know you kind of. Oh, idea. I was like, man, that, like really, like, really? You? <laughs> <laughs> like, I know that sounds like you're kind of geeking out, but like, yeah. he was Sid, man. Like I, you grew up watching him. He's he larger was, than life, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, he just took the time and listened and like, he's, he's an impressive person. That's the thing I've heard is that he treats everybody with just yep. such good dignity and respect. Damn. That's cool. Uh, you said you like take pride in working hard. You're being humble about it. One of the hardest workers in the summer that I've seen, man, guy who puts the work in the time, the effort. Um, I loved working out at St. Mike's there in Toronto with oh, you. Yeah. It was great summers. Hey, eh? shout out Matt Nickel yeah. and, uh, you know, the biosteel boys that we were there with. We had some great, great summers. Uh, I still to the day I'm ever forever entwined with you fat intermittent fasting. I remember yeah. you showed up one summer and we had just finished uh, a workout. And I just remember I looking over and you were just ripped, dude. I'm like, Gutty, what's going on here? You're like intermittent fasting. <laughs> no, nothing before uh, whatever it was, 11 or noon. Yeah. You're like workout on an empty stomach, black coffee only, black coffee only. Yeah. And I started doing it and bro, I was fit. I was jacked. Yeah. And like still to the day, I like- And, and I learned that at Maddie's gym. Who taught you that? I don't, I don't remember the guy's name, but he talked about doing a fast for like two years. And I'm like, let's start with the intermittent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Day at a time. Yeah, yeah. Do you still do that, A, in the summer or or during the year? Do you adjust that nutrition? Not not necessarily. Like, I, I kind of give the body what the body needs. Yeah. Um, you just gonna... listen to it, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need to sleep? Like, go to bed. It is what it is. Veteran. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, someone had spoken to me about it and like the the reason behind it, like you know, kind of a light went off. I'm like, I'll try it. Like I, I use myself as a test on me too. Like, oh, the, you found out somehow through this guy that this works. Like, let me try it. I'll see if I can feel it. Like I thoroughly enjoy the working outside of hockey. I really do. Like to the point where like, and I'm, I'm sure you do too. Like it's fascinating being around Matt Nickel and Mikey Carnero. One of the most interesting people I've ever like, met. It's fascinating what that guy and the knowledge you can learn from him. And it's kind of turned my brain on to like, maybe that's a post hockey thing I do. Therefore, like if, if there's something interesting, why wouldn't I try it just to see if it has an effect on me and see if, you know, feel if it works. Well, that was what was so cool about Maddie was he was so open to everything, yeah. right? Whether it was like boxing, swimming, gymnastics, Heck, we did, uh, remember Eldoa? Did you? Oh, yeah. The oh, Eldoa? I still do it. You st I was just going to ask still if you're do still it, doing 100%. it. 100%. Can you explain to the viewer, the listener, what yeah. Eldoa is? Oh, man. Um, well, first first and foremost, it's so hard. Oh, it was. Like to get it right. Like you feel like you fail at it every single time. Well, it takes a lot of like mindfulness too, I feel. But that, like. That's like zoning in. That's like true focus. So essentially, what you're doing is, is through your breath and through your extremities, you're putting yourself, creating strength in different directions to isolate certain parts of your spine. At least that's what I gathered from it. Yeah. Sounds about seems, right. Seems fair, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and you wrap yourself in a pretzel and try and breathe through it and hold on to it and be strong. For like minutes at a time. Minutes at a time. And, and like, it is incredibly difficult. Like I, I always use the analogy, like Remember when you were a young kid and you went out with your buddies and you were in a pool with your buddies for a little bit and you got out and you like immediately crashed? 
like that nap, like that's the same nap that I get after doing three minutes of Eldoa. I mean, I remember the first time I did it with, dang, I forget her name now. But Eden. At, Eden, yeah. At, Eden uh, at, at, me, uh, at Maddie's, I could barely drive home. I was yeah. so tired. Yeah. Like, just like, oh my yeah. God, I felt like I had the wind knocked out of me. But that is what I thought was so cool. And all, you have all these guys, these all-star hockey players in the summer, mm -hmm. and everyone's just kind of buying into all these different yep. training regiments. You spend any time in the American League? Two games. Got San, a San, stint, San Antonio. San Antonio, how'd that go? The rampage. Yeah, it was it was great. Uh minus my first shift. It was pink <laughs> Talk in the to me about pink, it. <laughs> yeah, pink in the rink in San Antonio. So the ice was uh I mean, you can go find a pond in the middle of July. That's probably the same yeah. somewhere in Ontario. But um yeah, I stepped on the ice, just came back from eight months after having my rotator cuff fixed. So it was it was a little bit tentative, and I went back, checked my shoulder, looked for a puck, and and toe picked right neck first into the boards. That's so, tough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's how my American Hockey League career started. Oh, I used to uh, hate playing there. It was about a thousand degrees in that building. It was hot. I couldn't hot. believe how hot it was. Uh, you still listen to music? You're a big music yeah. guy in the summer. When I talked to you, I remember yeah. you walked in one day. You had the huge, the nice, glorious Suns hat on. Yep, yep. Where huge did this come guy. from? It just always been in your blood. Yeah, came from my mom. Yeah, came from my mom. Um, I mean, my mom threw on a Led Zeppelin album back in the day, oh, yeah, and just baby. you know, yeah, like the good stuff. Go. Yeah, the good stuff. Uh, so it, that's it, it. Came straight from my mom, and I've just always loved music. I've I've always correlated it with hockey. In like, what I, way? like I, I think of like a like a Don Cherry Rock'em Sock'em. You know what I mean? There's a song in the background. Yeah, you're playing like, to a soundtrack. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. I stole a Bauer 4,500 guy, eh? Yep. I had to beg. This is such a niche thing, too, I feel like, for the hockey <laughs> fan. The 4,500 is like the square looking, yeah. straight back, probably the least amount of protection in hockey, too. I probably Actually, I don't that. think that's the case. It's the, mo the most or it's what? It's not, not the most, but it's not the worst. By I stretch. had to beg my equipment manager in Edmonton to let me use it because I don't think they even make them anymore. Yeah. You still got it on. Yeah, man. funny story about that. I was in Calgary and we lost in Vancouver, like one of the very, I think, very few games. We had a bad night and I was just rattled like full lunatic and came and wired my helmet across the room. And we get on the plane afterwards, still like pretty bitter about the loss. And Trevor Lewis came up to me, who wore the 4500 as well, and looked at me with such a scowl in his eye. He's like, bro, don't you ever do that again like, the disrespect I'm like, to the I'm like pardon you he goes i don't care about you throwing a helmet i care about you throwing that helmet. <laughs> he goes they don't make those anymore so he goes, and if i he goes i got two three years left if i have to wear a ccm helmet i'm coming at you <laughs> so the it's a prize possession i'm not taking it off Oh, the older guys love yeah. it, dude. Yeah. Oh, it's such a, just a classic looking yeah. bucket. That's amazing. Louis, yeah. don't don't be disrespecting the 4,500. Yeah, he was so mad at me, man. Oh, gosh, that's funny, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, I guess it survived. Did it survive the throw? It did. And Great helmet. Were you wearing it during the Cousins hit too? Sure was. <laughs> yeah. Protection. It, it works. That thing it works. works. You signed a nice ticket with the Jackets, uh, and I read a great article. You said something so nice that now you get to go back in the summer and you didn't have to worry about that stuff, 
right? Yeah. You didn't have to worry about where am I going next year and this and that. And, and you know, on top of it, a little financially set, that must be nice for you, a little stability. Yeah, right? yeah, for sure. Especially with a young family. Like it, it's, you know, it's great for me. It, it was really big for my wife and, and my kids, you know, at that stage of life where, you know, that's, that's a huge priority. And, and you know, the Blue Jackets gave me a great opportunity and I'm so fortunate to be with them. It's a great organization and, and, and we're learning a lot, you know, and, and in, you know, in a fun way, sometimes it's tough. We're, we're, we're learning the hard way too, but we are learning. And, and it's, it's, it's been a great process to be a part of. Um, Columbus is a phenomenal city. We, we absolutely love it there. And, um, that, that has been nice. Like there was, you know, just that kind of 10% anxiety that's just hanging around that mm. like you don't think is really there, but it was, you know, that's kind of gone and been able to settle in and, and, uh, you really just fo focus purely on on hockey and skills and whatnot. A couple of young bucks, eh? That Fantilli. <sighs> yeah, you can play, eh? Buddy, that move the other day where he comes up through the neutral zone, through the legs, then goes back. To, that's exactly what you're talking about. It happens so fast. The kids are so good. Eh? They're so good. <laughs> it's They're a so joke. Good. Like I know. They come in at whatever it is, 18, 19, 20, and they are ready to go. They were yeah. talking no American League time. They're just good to go, eh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the, the skill in this league nowadays is just... It's crazy. The cannon in CBJ, man. I will never forget sitting down at Nationwide Arena and getting scored on and literally jumping out of my seat because this, for those of you who don't know that are listening and watching, there's a cannon that goes off after the jacket score mm -hmm. and it is the loudest thing. It's like the, it's like some just hit the building. Yeah. Stunning. Yeah. It, it's staggeringly loud. Like the first time you hear it, you think the Jumbotron's coming down. Isn't there a good clip of maybe Johnny, Johnny on the yeah, bench? It makes me giggle every <laughs> single time. It, was, it wasn't even him on the bench. It was when he was with Calgary and he gets on the ice and he's one of the first guys and visiting team came on before and he's doing a couple hot laps, <laughs> feeling good, checking his gloves and it goes off and he like completely <laughs> panics for a second. It's one of my favorite clubs. Great building nationwide. Awesome Great fans, building. loud. Amazing fans. Uh, Amazing I always love going to play there, except you guys had, well, I don't, you weren't there when they had them. I'm just saying you guys, but Dalton Prout and Jared Bull were there. And I just knew every night it was like, well, if I start running around, it's one of these two mutants. Yeah. And I hated fighting both of them because yeah. they're both animals. Mm -hmm. um, you've had some doozies back in the day. Mm -hmm. uh, Mike Haley was one I watched just recently, an absolute marathon. Yeah. Uh, the Getsy one was memorable too. They were cheering every time Gets hit you, booing you every time. Yeah. Uh, any memorable ones for you over your career? You've had some good ones, man. I've had a few good ones. Yeah. Any good stories sure. or memories from scraps over the years you can think of, or maybe like a favorite one, anything like that? Uh, <laughs> a bunch of years ago, I think it was like my second or third year, saw Scott, Up Scott Upshaw get like flip ass over tea kettle. And I had no idea who did it. So I just skated up, turned, slashed a guy, grabbed them and whatever, and found out very quickly that Matt Karkner was throwing oh, his fridge hands at my head. Lefties? Uh, I think he got both. Whatever way it was. Whatever way it fridge. was. Like, I, yeah, he turned around and put his paws on me, and I went, oh, this is different. Uh, I so, know the feeling. Yeah, I know yeah. the feeling. <laughs> I went, whoops, this is the wrong guy. Uh, um, actually, my first, my first one was... My first fight was kind of fun. I, I, I came in the league and I was like, first of all, my first D partner is 
Ed Jovanovsky, who I loved as a kid. Legend. Yeah, I loved him. And and like he took me under his wing and was just awesome to me. His family as well. Like absolutely love that guy. Um and I was like, okay. First guy that touches him, I don't know too many guys in this league, but first guy that touches him, like I gotta fight him just to let him know. Got like it. I'm not gonna tell him this, but I, I gotta fight him. So it turned out it was Steve Downey. Pretty which worked guy. Yeah, it worked worked out well for me because he's shorter than me. I used my arms and tried to end it a little earlier than I should have, and it didn't work. He clipped me a few times. But we were playing a back a home and home with Tampa. So that night we get on the plane afterwards, we go to Tampa. I step on the ice in Tampa the following night and like just a bear pond back of me and it's Ryan Malone. Hey kid, let's go. <laughs> and like I, I'm 15, 20 pounds lighter then than I am now. And he was a he, big boy too, He's a man. big boy, big, strong man. And I was like, this is the first time I'm fighting like a man. And it didn't go well for me, but I just remember that like tit for tat thing that was going on. They showed up. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really have a choice. Like I wasn't getting away from it. There were some big boys. You said different. That's the word I think of. I remember first battle of Alberta. I asked Brian McGratton to go center ice, my first battle of Alberta hockey night in Canada. And when he grabbed onto me, I went, this is different. Yeah. <laughs> like it was a man with oh, yeah. bare hands that was moving me around in every direction that he wanted to go. And I just remember thinking, just breathe, big fella. Just yeah. breathe, breathe. Eldoa yeah. through this yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's all you can do with those guys. Like, oh, some of those guys were. What was the guy, the, the one guy, Steve McIntyre? Oh, yeah. He was in Edmonton before me. Thankfully, oh, I never had God. to scrap him, but there was oh, a class of human my beings. Yeah. God. Like, like a level above everyone, hey? Yeah, like, and I, I, I've said this, like, obviously first time a podcast, but I've said this for years now to to family and friends. Like, they call heavyweights now heavyweights in the NHL. I laugh like, at really, it. I laugh at it too. I, I really do mean that. Like, some of the guys I played with my first few years, like, not no chance now that I'm older, 31, put on some weight and stuff, but like, those guys were heavyweights. Like, no, that's a whole different animal that we're talking about. And no disrespect to like the no the, the instance that I can think of is Brady Kachuk. And I love Brady. We had him on the pod, but it was Kachuk Truba last year. They were like a heavyweight tilt. Yeah. I, la I started laughing. I was yeah. like, you have, you have and no, there's some really no tough idea. dudes in the NHL right now, no doubt about it. Still and some, some guys credit, who right? can and who, yeah. who can handle themselves and 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 hurt you if you're not paying attention. But you know. Some of those, like Chris Barch, he's a guy that I had growing up. And like, this guy looked at me and he was like, dude. Both hands too. He threw both, both ways. Both hands. Kneeler. I had to fight Kneeler twice. Chris Neal, Ottawa yeah. guy for you. Yeah. Um, uh, in Ottawa, I fought him with Jersey and with Edmonton. Same thing, like both hands. Yeah. And guys that, I'll put it this way. Guys that if you don't really know what you're doing or you making a mistake, they're going to hurt you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like Barchi, Barchi would sit there and he'd be like, I'm going to get up, just watch. I'm going to get beat up every fight this year. He's like, but the guy who beats me up isn't going to say I beat him up. I'm like, oh, why is that? He's like, because I'm setting one up. Oh. He's like, I'm going to clip him once and he's going to know that I can drop him. I was like, dude, these guys are psychos. Like, who is this guy? Hey, game's changed, huh? <laughs> no, yeah. What? I don't miss this, man. I don't miss it. <laughs> You know what? People ask me, guys. It's like, yeah, people, I, I people are you. like, do you miss hockey? And 
I miss everything up until the point where I had to put my skates on and get out there. Yeah. I just, I hate, I missed, I don't miss the fighting part. It was just, it got so yeah. mentally challenging after a while. Yeah, I can but, see that. But coming in the morning, shooting the breeze with the guys and having the young guys on the team and stuff to keep yeah. it light and playing cards on the plane, shit like that. Oh yeah, it's so much fun. The, not so a much fun. Feeling, but you know what, you should, you know, also you like, you, you played up hard career like you didn't make you didn't make your money and make your living the easy way by any stretch of the imagination and like you put yourself in harm's way to create that living for yourself and create that respect level for yourself and that's i, I always think that you should take a lot of pride in that never like you know maybe you don't want to do it now i understand that but like you should take a lot of a lot of fucking pride in that you should always carry that with you like hey i i, I stood up for myself i stood up for my boys like it's a good thing to do. I appreciate that, man. Damn. Trying to have some more self-confidence in retirement. And it's always nice to hear from former guys. So if that isn't a good place to end, I don't know what is. Uh, again, man. Thanks man. for having me, guys. Really man. appreciate it.